Jesus, which I believe as well. Today God has given me a title, and I was struggling not only with the sermon, but with the title. But I like it. It's one of those titles that when I say I like it, Lenny goes, aha, it's got to be pretty good. The title of my sermon, found out of the text of James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, is Stair Wars. Turn of the dead eye. That's a good one right there, all right? Stair Wars, not Star Wars. You know, you ever heard of Mad Doggy? You ever mad dogged? Yeah, I know who I'm preaching to. Uh, Stair Wars. Turn of the dead eye. Not return, and not the Jedi, but the dead eye. How we can turn, because repent, and we're going to, my final point is repenting, is to turn, making a 180 degree turn. That's why the title is very appropriate. Stair Wars, turn of the dead eye. Let's begin reading in verse 1, and stay with me now as I read it here. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Do not they come from your desires that battle within you? Uh, the Darth Vader in all of us. You want something, but don't get it. Nah. Ooh, you do more than nah. You kill and covet. But you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong what? Motives. That's what we're going to deal with here today. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely or some translations say to what jealousy we serve a jealous god but he gives us here comes the good part now but he gives us more what grace Grace. that is why scripture says god opposes the proud the dead eyes but gives grace to the humble submit yourselves then to god resist the devil and he will flee from you Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart. The hands have to do with the outer actions. The heart has to do with the inner thoughts. You double-minded, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will, will lift you up. Father, I pray that you utilize this half hour or so, Lord God, yes, for the furtherance of your gospel, but for the edification of this, your body here in Victory Outreach Hayward. I pray for salvation, a spirit of salvation to just move in this place. So and those that don't know you and need to get right with you would do so. When we get to that third final point of repentance, Lord God, that you would open up our hearts and allow you to come reigning in. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody together said... One more time, greet one another in the love of the Lord because for sure you're going to need it in this sermon. It's a pretty cut and dry sermon here today. Hallelujah. Spread a lot of love around. All right. In God's house. A sermon like today's, and we've been having them in the last two Sundays, but this one, even next week, okay, next week is a sequel to this Star Wars, the sequel. Next week is 
Shotgun 3, the sequel. Uh, we're going to be talking around these lines next week as well. And I'm going to be bringing out, dealing with, with, a, with, with a, a subject next week that when I dealt with it in, in times past, I think it was in an evening service, okay, uh, uh, I think there was three people left out on their seats, and the church was full that day. So we had to make room for the altar. I've never seen an altar call like it when we dealt with a subject in times past that we're going to deal with next week. And the altar was just packed out because it's a very touchy subject, anger, okay? And we're going to deal with that a little bit here today. But if you pay attention to today's sermon, and it's not going to be one of those sermons where I take you on a ride. No, no, no. You're going to have to stay on yourself. Now, you got to think on this one again, okay? But it can revolutionize your life. It can make a difference where you live and where you go if you listen to what God has to say. And you open up your heart to God's Spirit. See, today's sermon will be able to help you understand the, the, the darkness or the dark side, like I said earlier, of yourself. Okay? The Darth Vader that dwells in each and every one of us. Romans says, sin dwelleth in me. Okay, kid, we need to understand that. Somebody says, you know, some preachers say, oh, I don't sin. Everybody has sinned. Romans says, sin lives inside each and every one of us. From Pope, whatever his name is, to Steve Pineda. Or you can put your name on it. Sin dwells inside of you. It ain't going away, Harold. But we got to learn to deal with it before it deals with us. Okay? Now, I almost entitled a sermon to... Slavanovich, whatever his name is, Milosevic, with love. I don't know how to say his first name. It almost sounded like a cuss word. Ay, 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 help me, Jesus. Uh, whatever his name is, Slavanovich, Milosevic, with love. I almost entitled it that, okay? And the reason is, okay, because all of us have, uh, you know, some venomous monsters lurking within us. We can all be like that. And we're going to find out why he acts, that guy, Milosevic, the way he acts, and why you act the way you act at times as well. See, after today's Bible-based message, you'll be able to better understand, okay, things when, when, when you read the papers. Now, I've been putting the sermon together throughout the week, and as I've been reading the newspaper, I said, bingo, bingo, bingo. Everything that happens, why they occur, or when you watch, you know, the nightly news, or breaking news. You, once you hear a sermon like this, you'll better understand why things like that transpire and happen. You'll be able to better understand the facts behind Kosovo, Columbine, discrimination, and even politics. Because I want to give you a handle on why these things happen. We're going to find the answer to such questions as, why so many murders? Okay, why did Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so end up in divorce? Why doesn't, you know, an attorney now need an attorney himself? Okay, so I told you guys to stay with me today. Why do I want to get, you know, uh, why do I want to get, you know, my, my, my car out of heavy traffic? Why, why, why do, why do, in other words, why do I, you, you know what I'm talking about when you're driving. Beep! Why do I want to use a horn so much? Let's put it that way. All right? See, here in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, it gives us a pretty good description as to why these things happen. See, everything from international warfare to personal dislikes is covered within these 10 verses. Verse 1 says, don't they come from evil desires that battle within you? The war within. 
See, God, through James, is giving us all here, all of humanity, he's giving us a heavy revelation here. And God is revealing to all of us that by nature, none of us are humble. There is none humble, no, not one. No, the Bible says, put on humility. Clothe yourself with humility. You got to put this thing on. It, you need a wardrobe, in other words. Uh, that's why you need to come to church and get a wardrobe of humility. It doesn't come on the natural. Why do you think you have to hit your children? Because by nature, they know how to get in trouble. And you got to whip that trouble out of them. Really, that's why you got to say, no, 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 no. You don't got to teach a child how to be bad. He'll teach you. By nature, there's none humble. We got to learn to put it on. See, all of us are capable, okay, more than we think regarding evil. All of us are capable of stare wars. All of us are capable of mad dogging every now and again. Every one of us. None righteous. No, not one. See, no one, you know, in this sanctuary today is humble by nature. But rather, my friends, we are all actually quite stubborn, selfish, and demanding in our hearts. The Bible says the heart is definitely wicked. Who can know it? Uh, all of us, by nature, uh, are selfish and stubborn. And James zeroes in, you know, everything down to our evil desires. He puts it down to our evil desires. And the word desire here in the book of James in the Greek is a word called hadon, which is a word from which we get our word hedonistic, which means a person who, who uh, you know, Pursues only his or her own pleasure. Hedonistic. We just, you know, my way or the highway. We just want our own pleasures. We're only looking after our own bones. Okay? And that's what he's talking about here. The word desire. I think I've covered before how Bible says, Demas has forsaken me having loved or desired this present world. It meant his, it was his centrifugal force. We studied that before. Okay, when we covered that portion of scripture. Demas forsook Paul because he loved his centrifugal force. His desire was the world. It was spinning in there. He, he wanted his own way. He was drawn away of his own lust. And James is saying, the desires, the battle within us, okay, and the word battle in the Greek also means, here, put, take this one down. The word battle in the Greek means stratuomy, stratuomy, from which comes the word strategy. Strategy. And thus, my friend, these desires within us are very much alive. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Oh, but I like this other part. What else comes up to that? Nevertheless, I live. Uh, yes, I'm trying to do right, but nevertheless, uh, carnitas time. Nevertheless, I live. Uh, my name is Jimmy, and I sweep everything with a rake this way. I work with a rake. Ah. See, they're alive within us. These, these actions, these desires, these strategies. Everybody says strategies. The devil's trying to use a strategy against us. Okay? James is telling us that these desires are, are strategizing to beat us, to defeat us, to get the better end of us, to overcome us. That's what they're trying to do. They want the better end of us. I've told you before my testimony how 
I used to be on drugs. Ooh, you were. Yes, I was. And I remember many times going home, 2.30 in the morning, walking home, saying, oh, what did I do today? Man. Man. Was that me? Sure wasn't Memorex. Did I do all that? Man. I hate fixing. I don't want to do it no more. It's terrible. I don't want to fix no more. I, man, I, I do some stupid, stupid, dumb things. Then since I was loaded, I'd go to sleep. And I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd say, who was that mess man? Who said that? He don't want to fix no more. You're going to take me up to Main Street, and you're going to get me loaded. Okay, I guess so. See, for me to will and to do right is present with me, but that which you perform I find not. It's too difficult. Couldn't do it. Strategy. See, James is saying, what he's saying here is the reason why we have tension and why we have strife in the world and why we have strife within us as well. You know, as I was studying for this sermon, I came up with, some, well, with one statistic that I want to give you. In the history of our world, written history, in the written history of our planet, okay, there's 3,400 years of recorded history. There have been less than 268 years of peace recorded. Only 268 years of recorded peace. The rest of the 3,400 years, war, strife, envies, jealousies, all these things, okay? Peace dies, but war multiplies. And James straight up tells us that it is no different. Oh, listen to this. James is telling us, listen, people, as you read James 4, 1 through 10, he says, the world is no different than the church. Ouch. Ooh. The enemy comes in. What have I said before? The devil's faithful. He comes to every service. He's here. He's trying to strategize against you. Trying to mess with you. But listen, trust me, we're going to have victory at the end of the service. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. I saw the end of the Dead Eye movie. And we can win. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, but James straight up tells us that it's no different in the church than with the world. Unless we know this truth, and we thus, my friend, take actions, and we take active steps to come against it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how you can remedy this thing. That's how you can beat this thing, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Which again involves the reason for Jesus coming to earth, in order to give you and I peace from within. Victory over disorder. That's why Jesus came on the cross, to give us that inner peace. Uh, to give us that joy unspeakable and full of glory. To bring harmony between God and us. And thus, my friend, help us bring harmony and unity into a dysfunctional world. We can bring that, that peace wherever we go. Into your family. Wherever you go. If you have it, you can give it out as well. Now, to help us further understand this truth that James is talking about here, we're gonna, I'm going to give you three R's very quickly. Three R's. Realize, recognize, and then the third one will be repent. Number one, realize. Okay. Number one, and how can we live, okay, uh, uh, genuinely humble with God? And how can we fight victoriously over, my friend, you know, uh, uh, this ugly truth in all of our lives? In other words, how can you be humble in a, in, a, in a terrible world like this? Number one, 
is realize. Realize the actual truth, the actual principle. Now, let me read verses 1 and 2 again. It's a principle that we need to cover. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, the battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. See, it's the principle, and if you're taking notes, write this one down. The principle of the blocked desire. The principle, realize, it's the principle of the blocked desire at work in your life and in my life and in our life. You want something, but you can't have it. And so you ran, you rave, and you'll go so far as to murder, the Bible says here, to kill. Ah. When we want and covet something enough that when that desire is stopped or blocked or clogged, then look out, somebody's going to pay for it. In, in Spanish, we have a saying, me la vas a, me la vas a, me la vas a pagar. You're going to pay. You got in my way. You pay, you pay. Return of the dead eye. Uh, Star Wars. You crossed that line. You crossed out my gang. You double crossed me. You left the toothpaste open. <laughs> Laugh, but we're going to get to that right now. Uh-oh, you mean he's going to go to our bedroom? Yes, I am. We're going to go right up your freeway. Many times that freeway leads up to the toothpaste. You didn't pick up your socks. Don't you know? God. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Let's go on. Realize. That's point number one. Uh, see, somebody's got to pay. If we have to kill uh, our relationships here, then so be it. If I have to put an end to the, the unity and the harmony that you and I had going, then so be it. But I know what I want. Listen to what I just said, though. I don't think some of you did. You'll even kill a relationship that you have with a fellow Christian. You'll kill a relationship that you have with a family member. You'll kill a relationship with somebody that you really need. You'll burn bridges when you need bridges. Listen to me. We need bridges. We need every bridge we can get. And by bridges, I mean relationships. You never know when you're going to need that person or when that person is going to need you. But you've blown up that, that bridge over. They spilled the milk and didn't clean it. Pastor didn't shake my hand. Well, let me stop that. <sighs> ah, bridges. We kill relationships over stupid stuff. Mm, because we want. See, realizing this principle will then allow us to come to grips with understanding that some pretty dumb and senseless acts that we do to kill and rob us of relationships. We do some pretty dumb stuff. You know, and I was reading about this. In 1998, I believe it was, yes, they had the Soccer World Cup here in the U.S. Some of them played at Stanford, uh, Miami, L.A., uh, Seattle, Washington, D.C., New York. They, they played it all over the place. And in one of the key games, America was playing Colombia. I don't know if you heard about this. But, I mean, Colombia, along with every other nation, just about don't like the U.S. When you travel abroad, and many of you are going to, love, love, love. 
But there's some people that look at us like we're arrogant, and sometimes we are. We are. Okay, you got to read what you saw. But man, Columbia don't like us. And, you know, they're better than us, supposedly. Because we, we use all our athletes in baseball and football, and, but not soccer. But they go all out for soccer. And for America to beat Columbia is like stone disgrace. Well, one guy by the name of, okay, Andres Escobar. Uh, Escobar from, from Colombia. <laughs> that should have a big meeting to the, this, this, this church. <laughs> uh, Pablo Escobar. Uh, but I don't know if he was related to that guy. But anyways, he was Colombian. His last name was Escobar. He was, they got to the World Cup a lot because he was a very good defender. He was a great defender. And a lot of the reason they got to the World Cup was because of Andres Escobar. He helped get him there. But when the American, one of the American guys hit the ball towards the goal, he defended the goal and he blocked the shot. But the goalie was going to go block the shot too. But he got there first because he was just doing his job. But since the goalie was out of place, guess where the ball went? Into the American goal. And guess by how many points the U.S. won by? One week later, Andres Escobar was found shot to death, six shots in his, in his body, dead. Because somebody didn't get what they wanted. Huh? Man. See, that's what James is talking about here. Because somebody wanted something so bad and they didn't get it. Murder. Murder will happen. See, that's the reason why, uh, you know, politicians hate so much to, 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 to go into, or excuse me, why policemen, why they don't like to go into uh, family disputes. Uh, you ask any policeman, when they get a, a call to go to some family over a family dispute, whoo, they'd rather go into a gang fight. Really? Because there's so much emotion riding there uh, in, in a family dispute. That happened one time in, in my family. My mom and dad were going at it, and I was outside the, the door fixing with one of my friends. The cops came and said, oh, my God, we're busted. They were coming for my dad. <laughs> I got out of the car, and they go, oh, Pineda, is this your house? Yeah, they said, oh, good, good, we're leaving. Because they knew I could take care of business. As far as the family dispute, I'd take care of it, which I did. Uh, but man, I thought I was gone. <laughs> uh, aye, aye, aye. See, but policemen, they don't like this. And hear this good. If there is any place on this earth where people want and desire something so badly, so needfully, it's within the family structure. We want love out of that family. We, have, we want our needs met out of that family. And when we don't get those needs met, look out. The family is where emotions run high. Ah. See, there's no greater place that holds greater opportunity for disappointment than the family. Ah, where the stair wars can take place for not getting what you want. Because, my friend, desires are so high and the people are just people. That's all. But it's in the family structure where we want that love. It's in the family structure where we want that, that, that concern and those questionings and what's happening over here. We want, my friend, that camaraderie because it's supposed, we're supposed to get it in the family. Even in the spiritual family. And when we don't get it, ah, you know, Victor Rick Hayward is, ah, you know, my, my mother, ah, my father, my kids, ah. That's the unit where we're supposed to receive all the love. And when we don't get what we want, rebel on front street with a cause, we think. See, when you realize this principle, 
you will know that the principle of block desires is capable of producing even murder. You know why that happened in Columbine? Because some kids wanted attention and didn't get it. They wanted some acceptance and didn't get it. Really, if you want to stop the sorcerer, acknowledge people. People want to be accepted. Uh, did you see how Louis, Karen, and Larry came up today? Humble. Why? They were being accepted in the beloved. We're belonging here. That's what people want. Parents, accept your children. Love your children. Get in there with them. Don't burn your bridges. Many times I've turned my wife, counsel people over the phone and, and, and face to face. And, you know, their children are rebelling like crazy. Ah! And a lot of times, most of the time, 99% of the time, she'll say, love them. How are you going to act? There's nothing you can do about it. That's, that's them. But keep the channels open. Don't, I mean, we had that with our son. Our son, we know, he'd he been there. Ah, as soon as I turn 18. Like there's something gold about 18, you know, like. When he was 17, he would just walk. Now he's 18. I'm a man. I can do all things through me who strengthens me. What? Are you talking to me? <laughs> I'm 18 with a bullet. Uh, but we kept the channels open with my son. He, he, he rebelled for a couple of weeks. So he, he was, uh, but finally he snapped to it. Man, and look at him now. Keep the channels open. Love covers the multitude of faults. Uh, you ever been so mad and so angry and upset? Over not getting what you wanted? Yes, you have. Ah, uh, then realize, realize, it's this principle at work. James says it's your desires that are unfulfilled. That's what it is. Got to beat the devil at his own game. Ah, uh, you ever been in a stoplight where, you know, you got to make a left turn and you're in a hurry to go minister? I got to get to church, man! I'm the pastor. I got to preach today. And there's about 11 cars ahead of you. <clears throat> you know, I have this thing about if, if every, don't you ever feel like this? You have to. As soon as it turns green, everybody should just gun it. Because there's so much empty space there, you know. One guy, but that's not, that never, that's, never happens. The one in the front, the first person is on the cell phone. The second one is putting on their mascara. The third one is flirting with the people over here, you know. And you're like, oh, I'm you. Salvation just flew out the window. Because we don't get what we want. Ah, mad, mad, mad. So mad, my friend, that, you know, that it could turn a pastor into flesh monster. It could happen. Why and how? Because the principle of blocked desire. And most of the time, it was over some trivial, dumb, little thing. How many of you have been married less than three years? You know what I'm talking about. Ah, because you're going to change him and she's going to change you. Change, you're just going to change places. 
That's all you're going to do. Ah. My friend, what happens is we can reduce our relationships, even kill our relationships over who used the toothpaste the wrong way or who was late to dinner and who left the socks out. Who didn't notice your new whatever, your new hairdo? Uh, who didn't throw out the trash? You fill in the lines. Today was your wash day. How come the trash didn't get thrown? Man, I think in my house, someday you're going to come and you're going to find me in the trash. <laughs> The cookie monster comes out of the trash can while the pastor monster comes out of the trash can. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> you name it. Over trivial little things. We know we went through that. Talk about Star Wars. Man. See, this principle causes us to get stuck on stubborn. I like that one. We get stuck on stubborn. Uh, because we, we want to have our way. And this principle can be used from Kosovo to the cradle because we want our way. From the high court to the high chair. From Supreme Court uh, to the basketball court. And I, I know what I'm talking about, athletes. Uh, I mean, last week we had the baseball tournament and all that. But you, I don't play no more, but I'm going to play next year. But every time I pray, I, then they will say, Pastor Pineda, could you pray for this game? Could you pray right now? And I always have a remedy. I say, sure. Then I get in the middle of the circle and I say, where are we? Are we in church? They go, no, no, where are we? We're at Weeks Park and at, you know, Patrick Gomer Field. Play. Oh, so we're playing baseball. I just wanted you to know that we're playing baseball. I'm not preaching today. I'm hitting. Uh, because all the little freshly comes out on us uh, in sports. I was safe! <laughs> no, you're not! Because you're in front of me. From, man. See, because we wanted something and we didn't get it. What did we want? We wanted to be admired. We wanted to be comfortable, don't we? For our wives to be submitted. For our husbands to be understanding. For our children to be obedient. For Sunday sermons to be short. <laughs> Who wrote that? And we don't get them. So we turn up the heat and we get angry. The second thing. The second thing, that was number one. The second R. And we want to live humbly. 
with God. Remember that. That's what we're covering. Living humbly with our God. The second R is to recognize the consequences. Look at verses 4, 5, and 6. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies or jealous intensely? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James is telling us that when we're demanders, then there's an adulterous spirit within us. Friendship with the world is hatred towards God. That's the reason why the Bible says, he that is not with us is against us. I like what I said. It's a cut and dry sermon today. Black and white. Uh, no gray areas. See, when we're not pleasing God, but going after our own fleshly desires, okay, be they what they make, we're operating under an adulterous spirit. Simply put, you're going out on God. Whew. That's heavy. Uh, you're committing adultery against God because you want your way. Women, I've preached on this before. When you want to try and have your way, what does God do in your house? He leaves your house because you don't want to submit. So God leaves. Man, I do watch you. Catch you later, hopefully. Uh, once you learn to humble yourself and submit and do, go with the flow. But if not, I'm leaving your path. Because we don't... So the Prince of God is not even there with us. Uh, we're committing adultery on God. Uh, James says in verses... Five, verse 5 there, that we're grieving the Holy Spirit. This causes conflict all the way around with God and with other people. All because we wanted to have our own way, regardless. Regardless. Regardless of the cost, regardless of who we hurt, regardless of the consequences. Matthew eleven six, one of my top ten scriptures in the whole Bible, says, Blessed is that disciple that is not what? Offended in me. If you belong to this church, you should know that scripture. That's one of my top ten. Blessed or heavily elated is that disciple. You and I, us, will be blessed if we're not offended in Jesus. And what that scripture means, and I've taught it before, but you need to get it, is blessed is that disciple, that person, that is not offended in whatever God does in their lives. That lets Jesus call the shots in their life. Let him be the shot caller. Remember, this is a pretty long sermon. Let him be the shot caller! Man, but look at this toothpaste. Let him be the shot caller. Let him do what he wants to do in your life. Keep it in cruise control, Harold. Ah, Matilda too. Ah. See, we can go from conflict to blessed. When we allow Jesus to have his way, the choice is ours, mine, yours. Are you going to be blessed? You want to be blessed? Then let him call the shots in your life. Don't get all offended. Just put yourself, not my will, but thine will. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. Oh, you will be blessed. You will be heavily elated. And I know what I'm talking about. Man, I, I wasn't going to spend time on this one. But listen, I know how I live my life now. And that's what I ordinarily, by and large, do. Let God have his way in my life. And listen, I have very few regrets now. And that's what I want for us as well. Yeah. Lastly, thirdly, Repent. Repent. Verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail. It's not an easy repentance. 
There's no easy believism. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. But this is no ordinary repentance. It's deep repentance from the heart. That's what James is talking about here. James is saying that one must be sincere. Sincerely angry at your anger. Get mad at your mad. Ah, is there such a thing? That's how I changed my life. I got mad at my mad. I got angry at my anger. I got temper at my temper. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's when I sat down in the Victory Outreach Men's Home and I began to think. I was sitting there saying, man, wow. I hate what I'm doing. This, wow. You know, in putting the sermon together, I started to think about the old me and how I have changed. I've changed. And I'm not lying to you. It happened like this with me. Almost. Nevertheless, I live. My wife knows that. (laughs) She's looking like, oh, you didn't change that much. (laughs) Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Yes, I did. But she couldn't tell. (laughs) That's how bad I was. Uh, I mean, because I know how I was. I was trained by the best. Pride breeds pride. Pride produces pride. But something happened to me. Boom. And And I hated the person that I was. I said, I don't want to act like that no more. See, you gotta be, you gotta be sincere enough to give in to Jesus. Let Him come and take total control of your life. Listen to the voice of God inside your life and, and do what He asks you to do. Giving up the, the keys to your heart. Surrender to God. Not my will, but your will be done. That's the key. Give Him the keys. See, James is talking about a radical repentance where we're totally open to God. Verse 8 does say, wash your hands, which has to do with the outside behavior. But then in verse 8, he goes on to say, purify your hearts, which has to do with deep, deep change from within. That's what happened in my life. And that's what I'm believing God to show up and do here today at this altar call in just a little bit. Deep repentance. Tired of acting the way you've been acting. Tired of of giving in to, to your flesh. Mad at mad. We need to truly stop our stubbornness and our selfishness. Where our evil desires, going unstopped, are ruining the very relationships that we actually want to have. And that happens a lot within your families. You want to love your kids. You want to love your parents. But this evil inclination is stopping beautiful relationships that you can have within the family, within your household. Where we're tired of deeply hurting the ones that we love. Ah, where we, we're at the end of our rope and we no longer want to clog up our needed relationships with God and with others simply because we wanted what? To look good? To look perfect? To save face? To be recognized? It's not worth it. Let God have His way. You know, it's pride many times. We want our children to behave because we want to look good. We don't want nobody to to see that our family's not... Listen, there's no perfect family. There is none humble, no, not one. There isn't. But a lot of us, we've got a safe face. I I trip out when I see... My God. I said, hey, listen, you... Come to our family. We're not perfect. We're not. not. But we're not... I don't want to break relationships. I I, I ain't dumb. I want to love my kids. 
I want them to love me. We need to keep open relationships. Uh, but we want to save face. James says, there's going to be, or there has to be, deep sorrow here. That's what he says. Deep. No change can happen. Change cannot happen without repentance. If you've ever learned anything in Christianity, you learn this. Change cannot happen without genuine repentance. You've got to repent. You've got to be tired of what you're doing. When we snap to the fact that our stubborn will has squandered, you know, all kinds of meaningful relationships, when our selfishness helped kill the most beautiful opportunities in our lives, namely the family, get mad at that. Your stubbornness is stopping the flow of, of beauty within your household. When the Holy Spirit reveals to us who we are, Listen to me, it's like close. When the Holy Spirit shows us who we are, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a pretty picture. There's no way it can be. Because evil desires and selfish ambitions leave a trail of broken relationships. Stay with me here as I close. Stubbornness leaves a trail uh, of broken hearts. And probably not even a trail, but a highway of regrets. Highway. But this passage ends in super victory. That's what it does. It ends with heavy assurances. Uh, it, it says God can bring us the victory. Wash your hands. Uh, purify your hearts. Grieve, you know, uh, uh, mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning. Humble yourself and He will lift you up. Blessed assurance. This scripture leaves with heavy assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Ah. See, this is the kind of repentance of a woman who had a strategy, who had just, you know, has just done everything just so, who did what she naturally was supposed to do, but did it with the wrong motive. That's what James is saying. She had a strategy to get her way. This is what it's talking about here. James is talking about a woman who had the house just so, everything clean, everything just neat. You know, when her husband came home, everything. But she did it with a strategy to get what she wanted. The motive was not pure. Why are you doing And also, this is repentance of a man, not just women. But this kind of repentance of a man who, who now understands that all he did was done in a subtle, asserted force in order to make himself look good. That's why he made it. You're going to eat it. You're going to do it. Because he did it all with a bad motive for him to look good. He wants his, his, his kids to be this, his kids to be that, because he wasn't this or he wasn't that, and he wants to relive his life through them. And he's doing it through a bad motive. He did this for his wife. And he did that for his children. Not really for their own good and for their own benefit. No. But because he had a strategy. A selfish agenda to further his ego. Period. That's why like in ministry, people say, why do you want to have a big church? Well, I want to be known with Jubilee Christian Center. Or I want to be there. Why? What's your motives? Why, why do you want to have a big Bible? Why do you want all this stuff? Check your heart. For out of it are the issues of life. 
demands, demands, demands. Well, repent, repent, repent. What are our desires? Do we always want to be right? Do we always want to look good? That happens. What is our strategy? Is it a demanding strategy? Do we want, you know, do we want our prayers answered so that we can look good? Or is it because we want God to look good? Keep your demands to yourself. That's what James is saying. Are you going to turn back to God? Or are you going to turn your back on God? Uh, Because He didn't answer your prayers the way you wanted Him to. Uh, That's the way people get. They turn their back on God because they didn't get what they were supposed to. And God made me look bad. I was supposed to pray and it was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. So God, you made me look bad. So I'll see you later. We didn't get our way. By nature, uh, none of us are humble. None of us. Why do we want our way? Uh, when his way is best. Why do we want beans when he wants to give us steak? Really? We're crying like Esau over a pot of beans. Why don't we have our own way? And when you put your hands in God and let God call the shots in your life, everything else is a hill of beans. He'll bless you, bless you, bless you. And he wants to bless your life. I want every head bowed. Never eye close. Why do we give in for 20 seconds of bliss when he wants to give us an eternity of blessings? I'm talking about sex right now. I'm talking about adultery. I'm talking about fornication. But I'm talking about sex the right way. Why do we give in for 20 seconds of bliss when he wants to give you an eternity of blessings? The flesh monster. The war within. Stair wars. The turn of the dead eye. Repent. Genuine, gut wrenching, stomach turning repentance. You're tired of demanding your own way. I want to pray for those of you. I'm not going to have nobody raise their hand. I'm not going to, I just want to pray for those who say, Man, that's me. I'm tired of, 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 of giving into my flesh and selfishness too much. I don't want that in my life. I want to get angry at my anger. I want to get mad at my madness. And I want Jesus to forgive me. I want the power of the Holy Ghost to work in my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and come to this altar. Genuine.